Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, May 13th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, let's preview a weekend series. It's the Orioles and the Tigers in Detroit. Can the Orioles keep playing the good baseball they've been playing? Can the Tigers start to turn things around with all of their young talent? We're going to be joined by Scott Bentley once again on the podcast. He is the host of Locked On Tigers here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we'll go through who could pitch for each team this weekend, what the matchups look like, and why the Tigers, who are probably a year ahead of the Orioles in the rebuild, why they've struggled so much so far in 2022. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've got Orioles and Tigers this weekend. Now, as you all know, as you listen to this, I am out of town at a bachelor party weekend. And uh, so no recap of the Thursday afternoon game between the Orioles and the Cardinals. Hopefully you're enjoying another Orioles win on the road in St. Louis. But we're turning our attention now to this weekend in Detroit, the O's and the Tigers. And joining us to talk about that weekend series is Scott Bentley. He is the host of Locked On Tigers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Scott, welcome back into the podcast. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, no, we uh, we had a fun time chopping it up during, I think it was during the lockout lockout still. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it should, it has the potential to be a series that uh, that both teams can maybe win a couple of games, win a series. So, yeah, so, you know, the Tigers, as we record this, you know, full transparency, this is Wednesday morning. They are 9-21. and 21. They will play, have played two more baseball games before people hear this against another struggling team in the Oakland Athletics. Uh, they just split a doubleheader with them on Tuesday. But to look forward to this weekend, I know we talked a little off air, kind of trying to predict, you know, who's going to be the starting pitchers. If we're off by one guy, you know, don't blame us. This is, this is two days out. But I think one guy we pretty much know we're going to see to start with is Tarek Skubal. And of all of these young Tiger starting pitchers that they continue to bring up and draft and, and try to get to the big leagues and have success, Skubal, although the home run ball hurt him last year, and it has in his career, the stuff is really good. And he's been really, really dominant at times so far in 2022. He's been, yeah, unbelievable this year. And uh, the hard hit percentage and just the the exit velocity as a whole on a game-to-game basis is way down from what it was last year uh the home run numbers are are way down from what they have been like you said that was very much a problem for him uh so far in his major league career and he has been I, I mean to the point where everybody's looking around like he's the ace of this team like I know we brought in Erod and that's awesome and he had he shoved in his last outing against Houston but Tarek Skubal is is the guy, and he has been lights out. I mean, dang near unhittable so far, really, in, in pretty much every start. Um, the, the only start that he really struggled in was because the defense behind him was absolutely putrid, which is a reoccurring theme that I'm sure we'll talk about. But, um, yeah, Skubal ha, ha, has been unreal. The, the craziest thing is with his pitch mix, um, coming up through the minors and in the early stages of his major league career, uh, his fastball had so much movement, like his four seam had so much movement uh, and so much life on him. He has a sinker too that that he can throw um, in, in the mid nineties that moves a lot that 
he would just try and blow everybody away. And when it would work, it would work. And he would always get, you know, always had high whiff numbers and high strikeout numbers. But uh, as you said, he would also give up a lot of hard contact due to it. This year, like his last three starts, he has thrown his slider more than his four seam and his sinker in all of his last three starts. And he's been, like I said, uh, absolutely incredible. Just went seven shutout uh, during the doubleheader on Tuesday uh, outing before. I mean, yeah, all, all year ha- has been incredible. So that'll be uh, certainly a, a task for any offense. I think that faces him at this point, but um, will we'll certainly be someone that's kind of fun to look at going forward, even if you're not a Tigers fan. Yeah, and then I think the other guy who we're pretty sure we're going to see in this series is Michael Pineda. And this is kind of on a completely different end of the spectrum. Of course, for Scooble, it's a guy who's you know been developed by the Tigers and brought up to the system. Pineda was a free agent this offseason who I actually, along with some other Orioles fans, kind of called for the O's to take a look at because he's not, you know, kind of the pre-giant thing of pine tar on his neck Yankees pitcher, obviously, <laughs> but he can still get people out. I know, you know, the Michael Pineda of 2022 looks much different than the Michael Pineda of, say, 2017, but I thought this would be a cheap major league signing for the Orioles to put in the four or five spot of their rotation, let him eat some innings and be a veteran. They decided on Jordan Lyles instead. I thought they could have added Pineda as well. They did not do that. And the Tigers, who are, you know, we talked about maybe a year ahead of the O's, did. So I just kind of wanted to get from the Tigers' sense, like, how has that worked out so far to kind of compare it to how could it have worked out for the Orioles? Yeah, he's been he's been great. And, like, the thing with Pineda is – I mean, the reoccurring theme for this team in general is that, like, the pitching has been not the issue. Uh, we just can't hit water if we if we fell out of a boat at the plate. But, like, so, so all the pitching has been really good. Like, the bullpen's been great. And Pineda specifically, I mean, he – the thing you're going to get with Michael Pineda is he's going to challenge hitters. And sometimes it's not going to work, right? Sometimes he's, he's going to face a, an offense that's hot or everybody's going to tee him up that day. And that's going to happen. That comes with the territory. But he is not going to beat himself, which for a dude that is, you know, a four or five starter on like a deep, you know, like playoff contending team, I think is is perfect and he's gonna fill up the strike zone like no other he is going to throw strikes he is not gonna walk anybody um he's not gonna miss too many bats but you as an offense are going to have to beat him he is not going to put himself in in bad situations he is not gonna beat himself uh he's not gonna walk three in an inning he's not gonna you know like dance around the strike zone and raise his pitch count He's going to challenge every hitter he faces, no matter who you are. So I, I think that that is the, like I said, just like the perfect type of back end of the rotation pitcher for a, like a playoff team and for a non-playoff team could even be a top three, a top half in your rotation guy. Every single team, I said this earlier after his last start, he, he was phenomenal. And, and I said this on my show, every team, all 30 teams could use a guy like Michael Pineda in their rotation. It's just a matter of where he slots in within that rotation. Um, because uh, a guy like that who's who's efficient and, and like I said, not going to beat himself, is uh, ha- has great value. So he's been really good, and, and if the offense is seeing the ball well, you always have a chance to beat him, but um, you're, you're not going to be able to just like walk around the bases either. You're going to have to – you're going to have to hit to beat him, I guess is my point. Yeah, and, and you know, you make it sound like the Orioles could have used him, and, and, I, right. and I think he kind of does fit in with – 
what the Orioles could have done. Now, so far it's worked out for the O's because they've had some guys come up who have pitched really well. And even with John Means getting Tommy John surgery, the Orioles rotation is held on, which has right. been very surprising and, and honestly better than held on. But I know we were kind of talking about a couple guys who might be that third starter, but instead I actually did want to look at, at the Tigers bullpen to just keep it on the, on the pitching side, because, you know, I know Gregory Soto was kind of the closer coming in, but I've, I've, you know, heard some rumblings about maybe it hasn't gone as great. And I know they have Fulmer in that bullpen, but I do know that in general, they didn't like big time add to the pen, at least with the big names that, you know, they added with Baez and, you know, with Erod in free agency. So what, is kind of at least say the state of the back end of the Tigers bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, if you're looking at bullpen ERA, it's the best bullpen in the sport. <laughs> like at, at the time of this recording, it is literally the best bullpen in baseball. So um, it's it's been it's been a, a pleasant surprise, I would say. Last season, the bullpen was very much divided into two, and it was fascinating. Um, because they would have like their four guys that they used when it was a close game. And then their four guys that they used when it was not a close game. And, uh, that has turned into, okay, like we're going to keep the four or five guys that we were confident in last year, kind of wash out maybe the, the four that were in the low leverage situations, replace those four guys. And now we just have this like out of nowhere, incredible bullpen that has been leading the majors for most of late April and early May in, in most bullpen statistics. And uh, they, they added Andrew Chafin, and that's really like the only like bigger name, I guess you would say, uh, reliever. Um, and and he's only made four or five appearances because he started off the season hurt, but he's been good. Gregory Soto, the, the thing with him is just all about command. When he's on, like when he's hitting spots, he is one of the most unhittable players in any bullpen in baseball. Like he, he has a sinker that that has a lot of inches of break and goes 100 miles an hour. Like when he's hitting his spots, he, he's unhittable. But the hitting the spots part has been very iffy so far. Uh, Michael Fulmer just gave up his first run of the entire season like three or four days ago. He's been unreal. Uh, Will Vest, who we had and then lost to the Mariners in the Rule 5 draft last year and had a 6 ERA, so they sent him back. He has like a 1-3 ERA and is beginning consistent playing time. Like, he's been great. Jacob Barnes, who was just like a minor league signing that we added, he's been up the entire season. He's been phenomenal. Um, I mean, literally, pretty much everyone we throw on the mound in the bullpen has been uh, lethal this season. So, um, we haven't really gotten a chance to utilize that in a winning position because our offense is horrible, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But um, the, the bullpen has certainly been comfortably the biggest bright spot of the team, along with probably Tarek Skubal. Yeah, it, it kind of lines up with the Orioles, who have had not the big names in the bullpen, but they've got a guy throwing a 99-mile-per-hour sinker in Jorge Lopez, who's become right. their closer. They've got guys as as setup men who you know have come off waivers in other places, like CNL Perez, Felix Bautista, Spent exactly. 10 years in the minors. All of a sudden, he's throwing 102 and right. got his first save on Tuesday night. Like, it's kind of fun to build a bullpen uh, like that. But, you know, the question kind of becomes, well, the Tigers have a good bullpen. They got some good young starters. Why do they have nine wins at the time of this recording? Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Because you're going to get, you know, the health needs that you get from a protein bar, 17 grams of protein, but what it's also going to do is 
give you great taste. And it tastes like a candy bar, really. I mean, all these bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They got great flavors like white chocolate chunk, peanut butter brownie, my favorite. They got fruit flavors as well. Really anything you could imagine. And it's not just bars. They've also got the built puffs. You've got to try these. The first ever protein-infused marshmallow. And of course, it's covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got great flavors there as well. So to get your hands on any of these Built Bar products, head over to Built.com. And if you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're here with Scott Bentley, the host of Locked on Tigers here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We're talking Orioles and Tigers. They kick off a three-game series tonight in Detroit. And, you know, we just talked about what has made the Tigers pretty good so far this year. Some good young starting pitching, a bullpen that is overperforming, and, and some guys really stepping up. But obviously the question becomes, you know, the last time we talked, Scott, we were doing our Comparing the Rebuild series here on the podcast. And we compared the Tigers and the Orioles, and I thought it was one of the best comparisons we did because it really felt like step-by-step step, the Tigers were one year ahead of the Orioles. And we had seen the Tigers sign Javi Baez and sign Eduardo Rodriguez to solid long-term contracts. I said, that's a really good number two starter. That's a really good middle order bat. They're going for it. And I said, I want the Orioles to do this next offseason. But as we record, the Tigers are 9-21. and 21. So obviously this is a very open-ended question, but why are the Tigers 9-21 and 21 after such a promising end to the season last year and really doing a, not a great job, but a good job of adding to the Major League talent this offseason? Yeah, the, the offense has been horrible. I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's no other really, like, adjective to even use. It, it has been absolutely putrid um, to the point where the, it's it's production-wise. The You know, we talked about, oh, the bullpen is the best bullpen in the sport. The offense is the worst offense in baseball, like, pretty comfortably, like, worse than the Reds by actually a decent amount. Um, it's really, really bad, and it's – beyond frustrating they're, they're like if you just go through and and just like pick a box score and you just look at the the ops for like everyone in the in the lineup i mean it's it's tough to get through it's like 600 500 500 600 500 500 400 jonathan scope until two days ago at the time of this recording was had a sub 400 ops Jamer Candelario until a week ago had a 400 OPS. Um, like it, I mean, it's it's been really, really brutal. And uh, Jamer Candelario, the last five or six days uh, at the time of this recording, has been um, really stepping it up and, and kind of caught fire. And he's seen the ball a lot better. Jonathan Scope has has had a good series so far against the A's, which he has not had a single one of those all year. So that's a good sign. Um, but then with those two stepping up, then everybody else is kind of taking even another step back than they already were. Like Javi Baez is in the middle of a one for 20 stretch. Spencer Torkelson's in the middle of like a four for 35 stretch or something really, really brutal. Um, really the only consistent bat that we have had has been Austin Meadows and all of his hits are singles. So like it's, it's on last Saturday against Houston, we had like 14 base runners, 11 hits and, you know, scored two runs. And it's, it's, it's just, 
no matter what it is, whether it's we can't get on base or we get on base, we can't drive runner in runners in. Uh, the, the team has really been laboring on offense um, and the stats with runners in the scoring position are really bad. And I think the biggest thing of all of it is um, just the lack of extra base hits, like one of the worst team slugging percentage and, and like WRC plus and all those numbers that weigh, you know, extra base hits. We are in the bottom of all of it. This team cannot hit a ball into like the outfield or into a gap. Uh, to save their lives, nonetheless, hit one over the wall. It's been a really, really big struggle, top to bottom, everybody involved offensively, and that is easily why uh, this team finds itself in the hole that they're in in April. Or May yeah, now. it kind of sounds like the Orioles, too, who had a really bad offense in April. The difference is the O's have really picked it up in May. This is a stat through games on Tuesday, May 10th. The Orioles had 62 runs all of April, they currently have 45 runs in May, wow. and that's 10 days. So they yeah. have turned the corner, obviously, with what was hurting them. And, and you talked about something that's hurt the Orioles. They were getting all these base runners on. They were walking at like a, you know, a high rate that they haven't done in, in 10 plus years. Their runners in scoring position numbers were like otherworldly, historically horrendous. Right. And they weren't bringing anybody in. And now they're starting to do that a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's you know, you look at a stat like OPS plus, the only guy above league average in the Tigers lineup right now is Austin Meadows, and he's been really, really good, mm-hmm. and so far looks like a good trade for Detroit, but, you know, even Torkelson, and, and, and you know, Spencer Torkelson will start hitting more, and yes. you know that, and, and that's he another He hits the thing. ball hard, too, and, yeah. and he walks a ton, like, not even rookies, just, like, if you look at his walk percentage compared to just, like, the rest of baseball, like, it's in the you know, top 30-ish percent of the league, 35% of the league. Like, he, he'll he be fine. Uh, Scope has been, like, leading the league in hard hit percentage since May 1st, like, over, like, the Juan Sotos and stuff of the world. So, like, he'll turn it around. Jamer's been swinging a hot stick. Um, like, Javi is not going to go at, you know, everybody loves to make fun. Uh, ha-ha, he swings at everything. He, he's not going to go through, have, like, a, a one for 20 is not going to be his, like, thing all year. Like they they will turn it around. It's just um, to start off the season like that. You you worry about the same thing that happened last year, where um, no matter what they do from here on out, it's just not going to be good enough because of the just unbelievably deep hole they dug themselves in in April. And it would just really suck to go through that two years in a row, even if we do turn it around. Yes, it's so crazy that this is what we talked about the last time we chatted. We were yeah, like, exactly. the Tigers were the worst team in baseball in April, and then they were pretty good, but they were so bad in April that it didn't matter last yep. year. Hopefully that's not the case again. But the, the Spencer Torkelson thing is also just a good reminder. Like, you know, Torkelson wasn't the number one prospect in baseball, but he was the number one pick a year after Adley Rutschman was the number one pick. And Orioles fans expect Adley Rutschman to be up in the big leagues next week. That's probably what's going to happen. And it's good to temper expectations for rookies a little bit because – Torkelson was the best college hitter. He was like best college hitter we had seen in years. Mm-hmm. And and listen, he's struggling a little bit. And, you know, Adley had a little more seasoning in the minors maybe and, and is a, a, a better prospect marginally than, than Torkelson. But you got to temper a little bit of expectations and it's not all going to come at once. And I know they'll get Riley Green, which will help. And it's also hurt that, you know, kind of the darling of last year, Akil Badu, I know was optioned to AAA because yeah. he's been just – putrid at the plate mm-hmm. so kind of all those things combined to uh 
to make it a little rough on the offense. But we'll, we'll finish up previewing this Orioles and, and Tigers series in just a second here with Scott Bentley of Locked on Tigers. But first, let's talk about betonline.net, your one-stop shop for all of your sports wagering needs. Of course, we're right in the middle of Major League Baseball season, Orioles and Tigers, so you can get some lines over there at betonline.net. But you know, also, check out the NBA playoffs in the second round, Stanley Cup playoffs moving right along as well. And you can get all the odds at betonline.net. You can also listen to podcasts just like this one. You can get live scores at betonline.net. You can also get news, including injury news, to make you a smarter sports gambler moving forward. You know what you can also do? You can play your favorite Vegas casino games right from the comfort of your own couch. You can really do it all at betonline.net. Again, that's betonline.net, where the game starts. So we're here with Scott Bentley. He is the host of Locked on Tigers here on the Locked on Podcast Network, previewing this Orioles-Tigers three-game series in Detroit this weekend. So, Scott, we've talked about, you know, young starting pitchers and varied success this year. We talked about a good bullpen and just a a terrible, terrible offense. But, you know, in a series, there's always somebody who an opposing team gets upset about. A guy comes out of nowhere and dominates them. Or a guy who just, you know, Orioles fans maybe haven't heard of who surprises you. And it could be a name we've already mentioned, but could be a reliever, could be a hitter who, you know, O's fans maybe don't know the name of now, who they certainly will by the end of Sunday's game. Yeah, I mean, first off, um, first and foremost, like if if you get Scooble on Sunday, that's like the answer. Like you're, it, it's going to be, um, I, I truly think that he's at a point now where he's taking such big steps forward, uh, where every offense, no matter who you are, um, is going to have to really bring their A game. And and especially, like, if the series is maybe 1-1 going into Sunday, right? Like, that, it's – there's a – there's a, 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 to have that going in our rubber match is going to be great um, if, if it is 1-1 going into Sunday. Uh, but uh, – so that's, like, the, the biggest answer I would say. But honestly, I, I think I might pick, like, an old friend of your franchise and just go with Jonathan Scope. Like, I, I think that – um, the last week, while the, the numbers are still really rough, uh, like the, the baseline numbers for the season are still really brutal. Like I said, um, they they showed a, a graphic on our broadcast last night where he, like I said, I mean, since May 1st, which isn't too small of a sample size, right? Like we're talking about a week and a half, like 10, 10 11 days. Um, he's leading the, all, leading the league in hard hit percentage. Um, and he had one game earlier this week where he went one for four, but like three of his hits were like a hundred miles an hour, just right at people. So like, I, I think that he might finally be turning a corner and that might be somebody, uh, to keep an eye on for, like I said, Candelario is, is another one that his underlying numbers, like when he comes up for the first time in the series, you're going to be like, wow, those are horrid stats. But the last week he's been really crushing the ball. So he's another one. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's, that that's probably, and I mean, on the pitching end, like you're going to get three guys that most people know of by now, you're not going to get any of our random like triple a players that we've called up in the last week. So I think you're going to avoid all of those. I don't, I don't have to go in depth and, uh, and, and really teach you anybody new on that end. But, um, yeah, on the offensive side, I would say just keep an eye out for those two guys. Cause they've been taking big steps forward. Um, I mean, Torkelson, like, 
it's got to turn around eventually. He, he works counts. Like it, it's really is frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for him. He shattered a bat yesterday in frustration. So I, I know he's frustrated, but um, he, he works every count. Like every count is like two, two, three, two. He draws a lot of walks, uh, but he's also been, uh, he's also struck out looking like at a very high clip because of that. And um, so it, it will turn around for him, but you know, right now he's, maybe even too patient, but so he's obviously someone to keep an eye out for, but I think if I had to pinpoint it, I'd say probably, probably scope slash Candelario. And then obviously uh, if you guys get Scooble on Sunday, that's the big one. Well, Scott, the last thing I have for you, and this will be good for, for Orioles fans to hear again, you know, I've mentioned this, but the last time we talked, you know, we, we talked about how the Tigers are probably a year ahead of the Orioles and they could turn this season around obviously, but it's been back-to-back years where just a really, really putrid start. And I think this year probably hurts more because last year kind of wasn't expected to be as good as it was after the bad start this year, they added in free agency and you thought, okay, let's have at least a 500 start in April, then have that same season down the stretch. And this could be a competitive baseball team. So is there like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like almost panicking, is there a worry meter on like the, you know, buy into the rebuild meter right now from, from you and from Tigers fans from, from one to 10, just because they have added. And again, it's been 30 games, but they have added and it hasn't gone too well so far. Yeah. I would say that uh, the fan base's panic meter is slightly higher than, than mine. Um, I feel like that with, with most things, honestly, but, uh, I, 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 there is definitely some there for everybody, myself included. Uh, I I don't know if it's as much, um, like buying into the full rebuild as much, as much as it's just, um, well, maybe, I mean, maybe it is like, it's just, it's really, it's really frustrating. Like you said, like this is uh, a team that, what played 500 ball for or better for all but one month of last season. And they added Javi Baez. They added Erod. They added Torkelson. Uh, they added Austin Meadows. They added Andrew Chafin. They added Tucker Barnhart. Like they, they went out and, and took a team that was, if you remove April 500 and added a, a ton of star power ish, or at least high end, you know, talent, if it's not stars. Um, and, have been terrible and so i i think that there is you know some concern that's starting to grow and i and i think people are are worried about organizational depth um i i think that people are worried about some signings that we have made um but i i think the biggest thing is just people are worried about front office and and ownerships like dedication to winning again i think that's everybody's biggest thing and yes they did go out and spend this past offseason but um we're in year seven of the rebuild and like here we are like and when we're still like this we have the second worst record in baseball on may 10th and that's that's pretty seven years since since we uh since we made the playoffs last and what five or six since we like traded everybody away so just kind of inexcusable at this point i think that's most people's biggest worry is just um will the front office and and ownership ever 
just say like, you know what, screw it. We're taking matters into our own hands. We're going out and spending big in free agency. Like we demand a winner. And I'm, I'm not sure people are too convinced that that's the, the mindset of this front office, I guess, at this point. Yeah, it's some of the worries that Orioles fans are having. And we talked about, you know, the O's are still about a year behind of the process of the Tigers, but starting to have those worries. And they've been alleviated a little bit the past couple of weeks because the Orioles have been playing good baseball and the young starting pitching is coming together even before Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall or Adley Rutschman are even in the majors. Right. It's starting to come together a little bit. So I think there's more optimism now than there was a month ago when the Orioles couldn't get a hit to save their lives and John Means was getting Tommy John surgery. Right. But I kind of feel that the same from the Orioles fan base, but obviously it's, it's good to watch the Tigers to, you know, see how they're doing it and compare it to the Orioles. But Scott, thank you so much for joining us. You can all listen to Scott uh, every day, Monday through Friday on the Locked On Podcast Network, hosting Locked On Tigers. Check it out on YouTube and of course, wherever you get your pods. But Scott, uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, good luck to the Tigers, but uh, not too much luck in this weekend series against the Orioles. Fair enough, fair enough, brother. Thanks for having me on. So that was Scott Bentley of Locked on Tigers, Orioles and Tigers this weekend at Comerica Park in Detroit. And then I'll be back with you on Monday, breaking down the weekend series, getting you the three big takeaways from the weekend series with the Tigers. And of course, we might have a little clarity when I get back on Monday about when Adley Rutschman could be in the big leagues. But that's all coming up on Monday's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Yeah.